Live from the UK. Broadcasting around the world. Around the world. You're listening to the Mike Drop Club. Hosted by Douglas Hamandiche. Message received. Message received. You do not need to know what you need. What you need. Just engage with the podcast feed. Just engage with the podcast feed. Providing weekly insights into cool stuff we've read, saw, did, or heard about what made us say, wow, eureka, damn, nothing is off limits. If it motivates and inspires you to reach your goals, then it shall be discussed. Featuring guest interviews from high performers and people of influence and weekly awards for the best mic drop moment. This podcast is guaranteed to leave you pumped up for the week ahead. Don't just live life, make life boom. Hi, everybody, it's Douglas Hamadisha with another episode for the Mic Drop Club. Today, I am really blessed. I have Charlotte in the house to talk to us or take us through a journey through technology and Christ. So no further ado, Charlotte, how are you doing? You okay? I'm good, thank you, Douglas. Thanks for having me with you. It's been, it's great. Superb, superb. And I know right now you're hailing from France. So how is it over there? Yep, France is beautiful. It's green. Um, we uh, we don't have a chateau, as people might think we do when you hear that we've moved to, to France. We have a little farm in the middle of a of a field, but it's it's great to have space around us. So, yeah, really blessed Absolutely. to be here. Absolutely. That must be picturesque, you know, being on, on a farm at Christmas and yeah. in France. The vibes yeah. must be just so epic. <laughs> You know, so no, so thank you very much for um, taking the time out today. And Charlotte, your your background is truly eclectic when it comes to transformation, digital change, and all of all of those facets. Could you just take us through your journey thus far? Of course. And what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think just to start off with it, uh, you know, when when I was at school as a as a kid, you know, I never sat down on careers day and said, when I grow up, I want to be a chief operating officer of a digital transformation company. But, you know, here I am doing that. But the journey to get here really hasn't been one of from a technical background or one in transformation, but it has been from um from, I guess, from a baseline, I think everyone has a baseline and my baseline has always been to care. So with that, so I started off, you know, left school at 15 with two GCSEs to my name. And, and I guess that really defined me as a person going through life because, you know, I wasn't good at school. I wasn't good at, um, at learning, at education, but I knew I wasn't stupid and I knew, you know, I had intelligence. So, you know, you go through life on this journey and I've done everything that you could possibly think of from working in a travel agent, from being a vet to working, you know, in a greengrocer's shop to eventually when, when the kids were small, I worked on the wards, um, at hospital, East Kent hospitals. Um, and that's where I guess I started in that healthcare journey. Um, very much ward based, anything from, you know, I've gone through Douglas from maternity, beginning of life through to the mortuary and end of life and everything in between. So to see that journey from a healthcare perspective over the years and how it's changed. And now I've come into it to an area where if I'm honest, it was, I'll fake it till I make it. 
and oh, wow. I moved into technology and just traded off of my ability to speak, to be articulate, to have a passion about, you know, improving people's lives. Um, but never, never one from a technical background. You know, I was the one that used to break everything. Um, and if I'm honest on, on to people that are listening here, I use my trackpad as a keyboard stand for six months. So, <laughs> you know, this is my level of tech where I came into the industry. And, you sure. know, over the, the, the 10 years that I've been working in, in this transforma- digital transformation area, I've really learned the skills um, that, that I need to, to really understand the power that technology has in and can play in healthcare. So I think that's kind of like my journey from a physical point mm. of view but i always think there's a physical and there's a, a spiritual absolutely and I think my my spiritual journey has been more profound with some real um real points in life that have pivoted pivotal points that have changed my direction um and i guess it started from you know brought up in a christian background um mm-hmm. go to church sunday school but really at the age of 12 I stole a rubber from a shop and that moment changed my life for the next 30 odd years. Because from that point on, I thought to myself, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to go to heaven. I failed. I'm going to get up to the big pearly gates and Pete's going to go, mm, sorry, you stole a rubber when you were 12. Oh, wow, 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 wow. We just need to pause for one second. Just for that um, revelation, should I say, or or, or, or coming out for your honesty, you're going to get a mic drop, okay? You're going to get a mic drop for that because it's so, so important. We, we tend to have um, people on the on the show who will not reveal everything about themselves. But I think that that is a significant moment of truth moment of clarity it's a life-defining event and yeah. we we salute you for sharing that with us on the mic drop club so that that's superb no thank you for doing that and again um when just to recap again you said the baseline of your operation how you operate as an individual is coming from a place of caring mm-hmm. and yeah. you're you're linking that now to your spiritual journey going to sunday school yeah, yeah. okay so You've got this rubber in your hand. You feel like you're not going to to, to heaven. Okay. What does that make you do and feel? It makes me go inward. And I'd say the next years were the wilderness years because everything that I did, if I failed at something, it was, well, I'm not going to go to heaven. And this is a direct result of me stealing that rubber. I failed. So... Mm. Through life, when you make, you know, I've gone through and I've made mistakes and I've I've had wins and it doesn't matter inside. I thought it doesn't matter how good I am. It doesn't matter how much I care about someone inside. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm, mm. I'm bad, you know, from, from that point of view. And, um, so, so you bury it and you put up walls, um, to yourself and you, you know, that, that there's a hole missing in your heart from it, but you ignore it and you you fill it with material things with you know um i don't care about what people think of me and you you build up these barriers to to really mask that pain mm. of the fact that you have 
bailed in faith, if that makes sense. And it wasn't until I was uh, in my 40s and um, I found out that I was perimenopause quite early and that had a massive impact on, on me, who I was. I was very angry at the time. I lost confidence in myself. Um, I left the NHS at that point because of that. Um, I just couldn't cope with that anxiety and stress level. But what it made me do is go inwards. And and I'm very, very blessed to have a, a wonderful husband who said to me, Charlotte, you need to go on your own journey. You need to find yourself. And so I went to church and I asked the big questions and I was completely honest. And there was, again, a defining moment was uh, we went to a Maundy Thursday and uh, a guy came up to me and said, are you going to have your feet washed? And I said, mm, I'm not worthy. Absolutely not. No, I, I can't. And I still didn't get it. I still didn't get mm-hmm. faith at that point. And he said to me, he said, but Charlotte, that's the whole point. You're already forgiven mm-hmm. and he loves you for just the way you are. And at that moment, Douglas, every barrier came off the skin shed the the heart opened it flooded in and i and i understood that my relationship with with god with jesus is within me and that's my mm. personal journey and from then on oh, we've been in a great yeah, relationship wow. and that, that so, yeah. was super soon i was su- super i um as you rec- recalling that i'm getting my hairs are standing up on, on my on my wrist you probably can't see it right but they are <laughs> Um, yeah, it is, it is amazing that, that moment of clarity. And I guess for people of faith, um, to speak so candidly about these moments is so, so important. Um, we speak about having permission to do, to, um, to fail, permission Mm. to have our flaws. And I think uh, the fact that we have this belief system within us, um, and when we respond to it, because having belief and, and actually truly believing in your belief system are two different, different mm-hmm. things. Uh, some people, I grew up in a Christian background at um, home as well. And there's many times there's been doubt in, in my head and, um, this inadequacy that, you know, that it's like a cloud off your head. No matter what you say or do, you know, you in, 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 in the self thinks it's like, mm, you're going to be found out. And you just spoke about faking it till you're making it. Yeah. You know, um, I lived by that mantra for such a long time, such mm-hmm. a long, long time. But now we share these these platforms so that we don't need to fake it. We just turn up with our most authentic self. And you know what? Not everybody's going to like you, but yeah. at least they'll respect you for the, the, the value that you you're, you want to present. Absolutely. So in having your feet washed and renewing <laughs> your, uh, should I say renewing or should I say um solidifying your faith. Mm, okay. Mm. How has that galvanized you? How does that d- drive the things that you do w- within um, the digital transformational space? I think it comes from a place of, um, of worth. And, you know, we, we talk about why our purpose now, our purpose for me, God's purpose is to love and be loved. So many people spend years looking for their purpose. You know, what, what is, why am I here? How, you know, what is, what is it that I'm supposed to do? And I think if, if we all come from a place of love, then it's very, very simple. The plan is very Mm. difficult to work out. Don't get me wrong. But in, in tech where I am now, because I come from that place of, of faith 
and love, it means that I can build on um, on helping people that I understand and I've been in that same situation. I talk about my years on the ward and, and understanding that workforce need. Now, at the moment, I think digital transformation can really help the the workforce be in a better place. Um, and what I mean by that is that, you know, when I've got my faith, I can, I'm happy to stand out there and be that voice that's not heard. I can bridge the gap between being on the front line and what tech digital need to, to bring to make that workforce better, you know, to improve lives. We talk about Maslow's hierarchy, you know, love is in the middle. And that's where, where I come from, that place of, of love. Now, if you put that, you respect people and you move into the, to the height, to the self-esteem. And with the workforce, you know, our healthcare workforce, they're at a place where, um, you know, they're feeling the pressures of everyday life, um, of working. They're working with paper still, you know, they're, everyone is in a world of instant connectivity, and our NHS sometimes doesn't bring that. But what, what tech can do and what I can do in my position is bridge that gap and really influence the way that digital transformation is implemented to make sure that the changes that are made really benefit the user on the ground. You know, they benefit me 20 years ago when I was sat in a storeroom on a ward crying because I've done 14 hours with no sleep and I still hadn't finished, you know, to, to Mary. And, and this is a, a real life example of, of uh, Mary, she was on reception. Now she's a, you know, a, a 50 year old, 50, 60 year old. I think she was, um, woman, technology had come in this new technology and, and it absolutely scared her. She lost all her confidence in who she was and her ability because that technology wasn't implemented correctly. Now, what I can do is influence that and give that story, give that clinical, that person um, understanding behind every digital product, uh, behind every digital um, project, there's a person, there's there's people. And I think that's what we need to do. Tech needs to speak to the people that are using it to really drive up usage and utilisation in the right way. You're getting greedy, Charlotte. So you get another mic drop for that moment. Their person, their digital transformation. Well done to you. This this is what it's about at the end of the day. We've got all of these um, acronyms that we can use, all these techniques for Mm -hmm. change management, transformation, all of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, digital technology these are tools that enable the human mm. to do and have a better experience of whatever it is that they're doing that that's what it's supposed to be mm. but all, all too often that we see shoehorned in transformation and i think for me it, it emanates from the business case where we were put in a business case okay we're going to bring in this piece of technology and it has to reap these rewards Right, it has to change change system in this way. But mm. the human will automatically automatically define how they're going to use that technology. And sometimes, if we, there's a rigidity to the way we transform a service to say, no, you're going to have to use it this way because that's what we agreed in the business case. You don't allow for the natural way technology is implemented. For example, very quickly, um, 
a few years ago, before the the property crash in 2020, 2009, 2008, I was looking at um, buying a, a residential apartment in Romford. Don't ask me why, but yeah, <laughs> in Romford. And they had this nice brochure, picturesque brochure. You had the flats newly constructed. You had the the um, the greenery around it, the trees, the jogger, the person walking the dog. You know, it showed you the vision, what it's going to like if you buy this property, right? As I was riding the tsunami off the, the, the property crash, that fell through. But years later, I've driven back to that same place I was going to buy this, this apartment. And where they got the meandering nice like scenic walkway they've got a diagonal um path that humans have made themselves directly <laughs> from the high street to, to the front top <laughs> and it's and it's so direct it's like wow and i thought start thinking to myself that is sometimes like how transfer transformation is yeah. you know by yeah. time from the time when the need has been defined business case formulated that need can sometimes change on the ground but yeah. nurses, healthcare workers are forced to still make it work in the way, you know, that flexibility of working with the human is so, so important because if you don't, you don't appreciate or respect that. Absolutely. And I think sometimes it's driven from, you know, from the wrong place. You know, the, the, there's good intentions there, but when it comes from a, a strategy point of view, you know, you need to, um, you know, yeah. meet the objectives of a, of a regional or a national um, perspective. What we miss is how is that going to be used on the ground? And some, and that's very different sometimes. And I think, you know, tech, tech people have their way of, of speaking. Um, and sometimes that doesn't come across, you know, they, they understand. I remember working at, when I first started, I used to break stuff because they used to give it to me and say, how c- can you use this? And I would mm-hmm. go, well, no, I want it to swipe left or I want it to swipe right. Right. Mm. And that's because from a user point of view, it doesn't matter on paper through your testing, if it works, great. But actually, how is it going to be used by those on the ground? And I think that's where I'm blessed to be able to to now at a later part in life, have the confidence in who I am based on my experience and knowledge that I've got from all walks of life, from, you know, from all my failures, from all Mm. my um, achievements I've brought to this point now where I can stand up as a voice in a in a position of um, of confidence in knowing that the workforce will maybe listen to me because I've been there myself. So I'm not just a COO of a company. I'm actually Charlotte who worked on maternity. I'm Charlotte who ran A and E wards. I'm Charlotte that's worked on you know in a patient flow. So I really. I really hope that we have an opportunity to influence that change. Absolutely. And that certainly comes across naturally from yourself that there's, there's a, a relaxing, calming disposition that you have, which I like a lot, you know, which allows people to put their guards down and engage because you're happy to, and you're confident enough to go there in terms of your own experiences. All too often, I think um, leaders um, don't, give up enough of their own experiences, good mm-hmm. or bad, you know, to allow the allow the opposite side to then share theirs. It's always one direction. Or you come with our problems and you so you end up having a transformational workshop, sit down there and say, tell us all your problems. And yeah. that 
tends to not work when you're talking about humanistic um, led transformation and debunking all these things. So have you ever found yourself really going to your source, your source of your secret powers, which is your faith Mm -hmm. um, through a project to help you get through? I think I always, I always do. Um, I'm really good at asking Jesus to meet me somewhere. And if you ask him, he will meet you wherever you want. He'll meet you in the middle of the night when you're up. He'll meet you in the middle of a meeting when you're stressed. He'll meet you, you know, um, at any time of need. And sometimes I just find myself um, just taking that moment back and taking that deep breath in and mm. really listening to that inner part of me. Now, for me, obviously, my, my Christian-based faith, you know, that's we call that the Holy Holy Spirit. And I and I always think that it's the the Holy Spirit that trains your brain to think like Jesus. And that's where I can. When I sometimes when I get frustrated on a call, I just have to come back and think, what are they going through? You know, come from it from a place of love. And it always comes back to that. And if you come back to, you know, listening, and I think that's a real skill that sometimes we miss. We're we're on a call and we've asked a question, but we're not listening back to what is being said. We're thinking about what the other person, you know, what our next question is going to be or thinking about what we should be doing for dinner. And sometimes it's really I have that inability now because I have that inner strength to to stand back and think, listen, because I want to be worthy of God's love and I don't want to be ashamed of who I am. And if I'm not ashamed of who I am, because I sometimes I feel stupid because of my background, because of that that loss of education that I never had, I've always gone through life thinking I need to prove myself. But actually what I want to do is just make a difference. And if I can do that with, with my faith, it really grounds me in making sure that I'm present in the moment, listening to that person, understanding the need. I think mm-hmm. that is a real power that we could all listen, that we could all learn in terms of being able to, you know, to drive the right directions of meetings, of of strategy, of development, of innovation. Okay, guys, everybody ready? Atomic mic drop. Like I said, you're getting greedy with your mic drops, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I couldn't um, underscore that enough something about listening to not listening to respond listening to listen you know and seeing what comes out and that comes from a confidence in knowing that the conversation can go in any direction in in mental in mental health we have this thing called um that was devised by the recovery college in southwest london st george's trust a recovery-based model and they speak about it was born up born out from the actual patients themselves and they said look Healthcare professionals do not listen to us. Psychologists do not listen to us. Nurses don't listen to us. They just prescribe. They prescribe and they um, give us direction. So they, so we asked them what they think would help. And they said, look, just ask. Just mm-hmm. ask us how, what, what's up, what's happening? What, what can we do to help them? Right. Mm-hmm. So the ask comes first. The next one is acknowledge. And this is where we find a lot of, a lot of um, issues in transformation 
we don't acknowledge what other people are saying because we're listening to mm-hmm. respond. So when a, when a nurse is saying, um, I, I have to record the person's height, weight, and blah, 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 as well as this question. We say, okay, fine, I heard you, I heard you, I heard you. We're not really acknowledging. We're not being able, because sometimes if that acknowledgement means we are compromising our own um, views on life, mm. our own views on how the text supposed to be, it's not really a true acknowledgement, right? Mm. So, so we tend to end up having discussion that's born out of a bias, it doesn't really, so we say we've had a conflict engagement, but we haven't really engaged. So a lot of people just fail the engagement at the um, acknowledgement part. Being able to sit in silence is also good, you know, and not speak, not feel compelled to open your mouth. You know, I've, I've struggled for years, like filling the blanks, the empty noise, and like, mm, I've got to fill in the gaps. Um, my faith allows me to meditate in those moments, but in, in the present. And that gives, I believe, that gives the other person time to formulate their thoughts as well. Mm. Uh, mm. Um, you spoke about um, you don't know where the other person's coming from, what are the problems that they're having as well. And just by you being present, I guess, and not speaking, it's possibly the first opportunity for them to be still with their thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just about holding space, isn't it, for somebody? And and mm. and I think with with COVID, obviously, we've lost that connectivity face to face in person. And I think a lot of a lot can be gained from body language. And we've had to learn new skills almost on you know on Teams or in these meetings. And whilst they've been great for um, you know time saving, sometimes we miss that human contact and. The ability to use our intuition when you see someone, there's that unspoken word that mm-hmm. you understand how someone's feeling. And, you know, we've we've had to learn these new skills. But I think if you can learn to take hold that space and not fill the gap, as you said, it, mm-hmm. it just gives somebody that that bit of time. And I think the other thing is sometimes when we go, hey, how are you? We don't really want to ask. We don't want the, the answer. And so we we as a person say, oh, yeah, I'm fine, thanks. When actually inside we're not. Mm. And for me, I, it's not having, you know, sometimes there's that loneliness. People feel lonely, especially, you know, with the remote working sometimes or even in, you know, on a busy ward with hundreds of people, you can feel lonely. Mm. Um, and I think for me, what my faith does is I'm never alone. You know, I can always call on him to come and meet me wherever I need him to be. And, and I think that, you know, I wish people had that. I wish people could find that. And I don't mean that they need to, to have a Christian faith. I think sometimes just a belief, if you believe in the creator, if you believe there is something bigger than yourself out there, tap into that, listen, find that energy that raises your vibration, whether it's God mother nature, the universe, whatever it is, but find that connectivity where it means that you, you're you never alone in in the journey that you're going through. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that is super. That is super. Um, yeah. When I edit this video, it's people going to just say, I've just been abusing that on mic drop button. But... <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so, so important to go there with you. I salute you for that one. Do you struggle to achieve your goals or to find your purpose in life? Why waste your time dreaming when you could be fulfilling your biggest, boldest, brightest goals? 
Tune in to the Mic Drop Club and listen to guest speakers and people of influence as they reveal their secret techniques to help you to get to your dreams and goals and turn them into reality. Do you struggle to prioritize your tasks to achieve your goals? Surely there's a better way. We don't have to land in space to be great. Frankly, we don't need to, but given the opportunity, wouldn't you like to do something spectacular and make an impact? Tune in to the Mike Drop Club, where the secrets behind achieving extraordinary results are shared weekly with your host, Douglas Hamandache. We'll be with you every step of the way, giving you all the motivation to not just live life, but to make life boom. Um, believing in the power of belief is something that has has, has guided my career. Mm, mm. Um, even when you don't have belief, even when your belief is shaken, believing in the power of belief will enable you to help somebody recover on their journey. Mm. Just you respecting that belief has a power assigned to it. Because all too often, um, medics, they'll give you a diagnosis that is um, not good. But your own experience can change the outcome and you know, or how you choose to 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 live out your life mm. um that's that's something no um physician can prescribe to you that's something you have to do your for your for yourself so the belief and the power of belief is so so important for for health and so important i think for transformation mm. particularly strategic transformation business transformation where we are working with technology that's going to change the lives of thousands, mm. millions, you know, millions mm. of souls are going to be feeling different with our technology. So as we were thinking um, about titles and we come up with the unseen hand, you know, I, I would want that unseen hand to be ever present within the business case yeah. as a dimension, as you do a project plan, there should be some way of, of acknowledging that these are benchmarks, as it were, but it may be hard to quantify, but it doesn't really matter, mm. is to ask those questions, you know, um, pre and post implementation. How are you feeling as an yeah. individual with the technology? I think we we miss that completely. Yeah, um, we, really, we really do miss, you know, uh, we, we talk about benefit transformation, you know, yeah. what is the benefit of, of, the digital implementation of any kind. And I think sometimes, you know, some technologies are really obvious of how they're going to benefit the patient or how they're going to benefit the, you know, the clinical workforce. And then there's others where, you know, sometimes you don't, you don't see that when we talk about, you know, EPRs and shared care records, you know, all the, the fundamental basics, but, you know, how does that, how does that transform and, and help bring a benefit is really, really important to understand. And it's not just a paper exercise. It needs to be going to the end user, going to the patient and really understanding. And if we're not meeting that benefit, and they don't always have to be quantitative. I think a lot of benefits, you know, in transformation are qualitative. They are that patient experience. How does it improve outcomes? But, you know, if we can bring that, bring that back to, 
is it working? And if it's not working and you're listening and you're coming from a place of caring and of love for this person, you've never met them, but you want to improve their lives. You want to make a difference to them, whether they're a patient, a nurse, a clinician, a secretary. If we want to make a difference, we need to listen. And if we're not meeting that change, we need to change it back. You know, we need to do something different and it's that continuous improvement. But I think that's the part sometimes that technology and transformation misses. We go for the quality, sorry, the quantitative strategic direction. And actually we need to be looking at that, that lower level of actually, you know, from within how we, how are we supporting and making someone's life different from the inside? Absolutely. Because technology has enabled you to have more time to think about those things in your life, yeah. um, which I think is is a liberating and refreshing discussion. And I must say, Charlotte, that for me, this this conversation is so, so important because I feel having it hidden and nurses avoid two subjects traditionally, not just nurses, entire health system. Uh, one is um, sex. Another one is faith. We could talk about everything else till the cows come home, but we will not sit down with somebody confidently and have a conversation around those two subjects. So we never really find the the real drivers. Everything is superficial and we patch you up, you're discharged, you're freed up a bed, you know, well done. Yeah. But we yeah. haven't really, um, with the, with the short opportunity we've had to transform a, a life, we haven't gone there. Um, yeah. Mm. I always think, I always think when I was on the ward, I would love to put into a pathway prayer. And it doesn't matter, you know, just a, a cultural belief that's at some point. So for me, you know, at the beginning of a, of a shift, you know, we'd have our handover and internally, even though, I knew that I was never going to heaven at this point, but you know, I knew that um, I would just say, God, if you love me, just help me out here. Help me get out. Help me make a difference. Help me change somebody's life today. Help me, you know, I want to go to bed knowing that I, I made a difference that I was actually worthy of my life because, you know, old age is a privilege. We don't all get there. So I want to make the best out of my day. And mm. by just putting in prayer, we, we call it prayer. You can call it meditation. You can call it giving thanks. You can call it giving gratitude. You know, you don't have to come from a, from a Christian faith belief, whatever that is. If we just prayed before an operation, if we just mm. prayed with the person before they went down, before they went under, how much comfort could that give someone in restoring that faith? And and I always think sometimes that is missing. And you're right. People don't want to talk about it. You know, it, it's it's a taboo subject and, you know, they want to ask the big questions or or more to the point. They don't understand faith. You know, they want to un they want to ask the questions, but they don't know who to ask. And people always say to me, you know, when I say I'm, I've, I've got a Christian faith, they're like, oh, you don't look like a Christian. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well what does a Christian supposed to look like? Yes, I'm not perfect. Yeah. You know, I have, you know, have all of my, you know, the things that I, that I do wrong. And I don't need to be perfect. You know, I am who I am meant to be and I am loved being that person. And, and I just want people to find that, but you're right in, we don't talk about that. And I do think there's a need sometimes to bring in that, 
that spiritual guidance into healthcare. Sure. No, no. Um, thank you for um, confirming that because it's something that I was trying to figure out, uh, trying to ascertain how big a, an opportunity are we missing by not including this in digital change transformation. Mm-hmm. And you're right, in terms of framing it, um, prayer could mean many things. I, an example, I was speaking to one of my colleagues and he's he's an Apple fanatic. Mm. And I have, I, I, my ecosystem's Apple, but it's for different reasons. But he's a fanatic. And he was talking to me, me about the why he's been on Apple and because he subscribes to their value-based proposition, you know, to mm. think different, you know. And then I, I'll start thinking about um, company slogans from Just Do It with Nike. Um, what else other one? I'm loving it, McDonald's probably me thinking about my my stomach um all of these all of these things all of these things and i was thinking okay these in a sense are, are affirmations isn't it right but then they don't say they're prayers no. they're like affirmations right they are really if you really break them down because they 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 talk to you on not just a, a physical level on on a on a deeper level mm-hmm. and on an emotional level at least so I think maybe businesses had their slogans that are faith driven. Like what, what do you, what are you aspiring to do with your technology? You know, mm-hmm. you say that and you, and you say it all the time when I am waiting for my British gas en- engineer and I'm on hold, I'm not just listening to random music. I'm listening to the affirmation of why you exist as a company and the value that you want to bring to me. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just listening to whatever it is. Uh, I just think there's a, there's a, I think to, to win hearts and minds, which is this, the central block of digital change and transformation is winning hearts and minds. Yeah. Your hearts gravitates to things that are, are um, qualitative and are a lot deeper, mm-hmm. you know, and I think a lot of these tech companies are completely missing that component. Um, I would like to see how, if possible, we could think about redefining a couple of slogans. Absolutely. And I, I think it will be, you know, uh, businesses better. Want, and businesses don't want to do that, do they? Because they, they don't want to, to be the first to put out yeah. that, that mind part of it, you know, sorry, that, that heart part of it, you know, they, they do it from a point of, you know, this is what we can do. This is the problem that we can solve. Mm. This is how we do it. But if we went out there, and I think that's what's important to me working for HIC now, um, Healthcare Innovation Consortium, is that I want to bring the team's values, who they are, because I think that's what you know the, the next generation is going to want to invest in. Yes, tick box, you've got all these skills that you can offer me, but actually, who are you? Where are you coming from? Because if you're coming from a place of profit, and, you know, I, I'm not interested in that. But if you're coming from a place of faith and I can talk to you about, you know, making a difference on a spiritual level, mm. now you've got me. And and when you've got five companies that are all vying with this for the same, you know, project, if that, you know, transformational project, if you're going to want to re- resonate with me, if I can come up as my authentic self, being who I am, we're going to resonate our we're going to raise our vibration. We're going to do good things together. 
But we do know that um, when we look at um, the younger generation are coming up, mm. they are coming from a perspective like, what are your what are your views on global warming? Yeah. What are your views on like fair trade? You know, mm. um, carbon emissions. So that that the whole point, as you're saying, that value and articulating those values is so so important. And faith is one of those things. You know, yeah. because it, it it is most definitely making the world a better place. Because if we feel less angry, less anxious, less overworked, more valued, if we feel whole, whole, mm. yeah, complete, we do less damage to the earth. You know, um, so yeah. that that's what these these to me are tenants, are building blocks for any aspiring organization to to wrap around, you know, to, to really reconcile and say, yeah, you know, we can stick our head above the parapet. We don't have to be aligned to any Orthodox church per se, mm. but we, these are the values and we are able to freely articulate them, which Absolutely. I think is important. You know, like having this conversation, I've never had it before, Charlotte. To tell no. you, I've never, so I've been doing this podcast now for two years. Right. I've never had it in around technology, in around my my professional capacity. I've had faith-based conversation just for faith, for faith talking, you know, mm. and it's liberating. Yeah. You know? I, I think it is. And like you say, that that new generation, they've got a very different outlook, you know, from us. And I think in in... In, li- in the life cycle, there's three generations. There's there's the younger generation, there's the older generation, and then there's me currently that's that middle generation. And when mm. it comes to technology and understanding, that's three different generations. You've got to try at, in, a, in a workforce as mm. a patient that you've got to try and meet the need of. And I think sometimes that is very, very difficult. You know, we've got um, paper-based parents that, you know, will still write checks, uh, and mm. then you've got the the digital, you know, almost thinking, you know, that next level of thought that brings a, a, an action to the to the forefront. But then there's us in the middle, and I think we're a really good bridge at the moment between bringing some of those old traditions, bringing in the faith. Because you're right, the younger generation are very focused on global warming change, and they talk about spirituality, but they talk about it from a universe point of view. And I think we we always have a um, you know a duty of care to that younger generation to bring some of that knowledge and experience to them, so it's not lost. I think sometimes with the digital you know change we can lose that, but if we're implementing it mm-hmm. from that place of faith and trust and love, we can build those values in and teach our younger generation how important it is to really understand. That's that what that spiritual level looks like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have duty, and yeah, I'm in the ballpark with you. Like from when we had our first conversation to now, things move very quickly. I've been yeah. thinking about it for the last week, week and a half. I've changed my outlook. I've pivoted some things I was going to be prioritizing because I think, no, I could do something else. And the younger generations need stillness. They need prayer, mm. um, particularly. Um, we see a rise in self-harm. We see a rise in eating disorders. We see a rise in all these things. But these things tend to come from an environment where it's too fast. Information flows are yes. constant, never never yielding. And being able to sit around um, adults 
that can create that safe space. Pause, pause now. Time to reflect. Those types of things. We, there are things that we can do with technology to enable that. Um, so it'll be fascinating to see what the future, um, looks like really. Absolutely. And I think we, you know, we, you've got children, I've got children, they're at different ages and, and I fear for them in, in this fast paced world. And I know that technology is the way forward, um, especially in personalizing healthcare, you know, in, in the way we, mm. we treat, we need to move to a, you know, from a reactive to a, a proactive um, way of, of treating uh, and caring for people as, as we live longer um, and we were coming up with all these new ideas. But in, in doing so, that younger generation really needs to to slow down. Just I just mm. want to say slow down. Life, life is happening. Life is going to happen. But just, you know, look up from your phone and just look around you and take in that beauty mm. and just give thanks for where you are today. Wow. Oh, wow. Let's, let's, let's lead on that. Um, where have you found, what's the strangest place you found faith? Oh, strangest place I found faith is always, I think it's always with me now. It's always with me, but finding it, that first point of finding it in, in a hall, you know, in the middle of, of a town with strangers was just, you know, one moment where I didn't think people, I think people think they find faith, you know, they need to go on some spiritual pilgrimage to, to find it. And actually it's, it's within you, but you can get that faith. You can, you can find it everywhere if you look. And I think that's what we don't do. So I find faith in, in miracles. And every day is a miracle for me. You know, I wake up and think I made it today. You know, I've survived. Mm. Let's make a difference. Let's make, let's impact life. And, you know, you spoke about being on the phone to, you know, waiting for someone with that music. You know, there's an idea of, you know, that inside that you get frustrated and you're annoyed because you're on hold and, you know, time, 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 you know, there's always that pressure, but actually what I now do is come and I, and I bring faith in and I say, I am blessed. And when you come from, I'm blessed to be here. I just hold this space and find mm. your faith, ground your feet and take this moment of, do you know what? You're very busy. So, and you've told God that God, I'm mm. so busy. I've got no time for anything. So he's given you this space to wait and hold on a phone for you to ground yourself. And I find him there. I find my faith there. So I find it in all odd places. You can find it, you know, you might be in a supermarket and and you just, you know, you're standing there and you're listening to someone or you somebody can't can't reach the top shelf to get a can of beans. Mm. I find faith there mm. because I bring that, I help that person. I give them the can. I'm blessed. Oh, wow. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. So um yeah, so Charlotte, I think there's an element of you that's a very creative. You've got a creative soul as well. Oh. Because there's the um there's some people are, are, are rigid and I think you, you touched upon it where you, the traditional places people tend to think that's where faith dwells. Mm. You have to mm. go to a physical building, a yeah. church, a mosque, a synagogue to, before okay. you can find faith. But we've talked about finding faith in the strangest of places, the supermarket, yeah. you know, to a hall, 
You know, it's yeah, to wait on the call on the phone. It's it's our outlook. It's, it's permission to to experience that that that's already within us to let that go. So it's yeah. almost like learning how to see again. Because if I walk the dog, and I'm in, in a certain mindset, I don't. I'm I'm a, not aggressive to the dog. I will get annoyed with the dog for stopping and sniffing every mm. every few yards. I go, come on, come. We need to go. We need to go. But if I shift my 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 mind, every time he stops and I observe my dog doing these things, I also observe the flowers as well before he ruins them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I think why you know for people that you know don't have a faith or or think they don't have a faith or want to know a bit more about it, you know, I, I guess I would say just start. You know, your church is within you. You know, just go within pick up an app you know um do a meditation um but just bring yourself back to the present go within and you know what just say hi start that conversation say hi just say hi you don't need to pray you know uh, you know the lord's prayer i don't speak like that you know i I call him jc big guy Mm. jc Mm. and i and i call on them and i think you know this younger generation when we talk about faith there's that old element of what church and religion is but i think there needs to be a shift in in that it's not just black and white anymore you know there mm-hmm. we need to be to be a bit more open with the younger generation and and just talking in normal talk it doesn't have to be a bible speak mm-hmm. you know just say just say hi you start any relationship mm-hmm. by saying mm-hmm. by saying hello mm-hmm. i need you are you there and then, but you have to give space to listen back. Yeah, yeah, that's that's certainly some some great take homes there. And as as we get ready to like like close, mm. something about technology, and it might correct me if I'm wrong, or give me your 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 view about this. Mm. Isn't isn't the creator the ultimate technology? Yes. I believe that, you know, God has given us um, our minds and he's given us our minds to create technology, to be innovators. And I think all the, you know, all the design, he is the big, you know, he is the creator. He's designed us. He transforms us. We talk about transformation in digital. He's transformed us and in doing it. And we, we innovate ourselves, you know, we evolve, we, we constantly go on a benefit realization journey. We continuous improvement of ourselves. And I think in technology, we follow that same principle, but, but creator has given us the tools because he wants us to improve life. He wants us to move with the times. He knows that you know, the world that we live in now, he knows the troubles that, you know, and the, 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 the anger and all of the, 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 um, he knows all of the the troubles that we're going to go through, all of the problems that we're trying to, to, to solve. And he's given us the tools. He's given people technology, the ability to build, develop, implement, change our healthcare system. Because ultimately coming right the way back to the beginning, Douglas, it's about caring, you know, mm. and we all care. 
God cares for us. We care for others. He gives us the tools to create. We create change. And I think it's that's that continual cycle of transformation. Yeah, Charlotte, yeah. Another mic drop for Charlotte, please. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> wow. Wow. And um, yeah, and as you're saying, it gives us permission to to create. I just want to add something to that. Um, the first rock job that we had as if you're of faith, Christian faith, was um to tend to the garden. Mm. Yeah. And um that was Adam's job, that was Eve's job, to tend to the garden, to care for the garden. And I think that is still what we're talking about here in digital transformation. We're taking mm. care of the garden. That's what yeah. we are doing. We're Love caring that. for the garden. That's what we're actually doing in reality. And the, the second we stop attending to the garden, the weeds will come, you know, and we use mm-hmm. the technology to care for the garden better. You know, we've evolved from the the sickle, the, was it hole? Was it hole? Thing like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've transitioned. But in doing mm. so, we've also brought in some destructive elements. But this is why we need to have a position in technology and transformation that's coming from a more sincere, wholesome place that we're not mm. coming to do damage, we're coming to care. So, Charlotte, as we, as we're about to close, any future gazing, anything that you want to share with our listeners before we bounce. Um, thank you, Doug. I think I love that. It wouldn't be great if, um, if as, as a company, our, our values was, we're going to tend to the garden of technology. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that would really set the cat amongst the pigeons, but I think, you know, coming from it, um, I just want to say that, you know, we need to trust, we need to trust ourselves. We need to trust our intuition. We need to in- trust that in a voice and whether that's, you know, comes from a place of, you know, from a Christian faith, you know, whatever faith or belief that you have, I think trust in who you are, trust in your ability, um, trust in God, trust in innovation and trust that if you are in a place where you can deliver change, do it because we all have a duty of care to those beneath us that those that are in a position where they right now on the wards with the nurses you know stress and 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 anxiety loss in confidence you know not even being able to some you know look at those lower maslow hierarchy of needs in terms of you know the basics of life if we're in a position where we can use digital transformation properly to help these people then that's what we need to do and we need to do it from that place of faith. So if there's, you know, if, if people are struggling with faith, if they're struggling with mental health, if they're struggling with their job, you know, be open, talk, talk to someone, pick up the phone and and just ask those difficult questions. Because there's people out there like me and you, Douglas, that are more than happy yeah. to sit down and have these difficult conversations around the big questions of, you know, why does God let people do bad things? Why does God let people die? You know, all those things I think are barriers to faith but if we can help people understand them they will then be able to make the transformational changes in healthcare in digital that will really drive difference absolutely Charlotte you've been a godsend I must say this (laughs) has been um yeah a crazy crazy journey that um started off with the 
with the the mantra or the the idea that you're going to frame it around the unseen hand that drives technology. But I think the way that you articulated the whole panacea of health and how technology and how your own journey inter- interweaves with that with, if, mm. from a caring based pers- perspective has, has been amazing. So Charlotte, hopefully we can do another one. Um, oh, well, we went off it. script. We went off script. We've done what we do, <laughs> did, but how can people get hold of you, Charlotte? Absolutely. You can, um, you know, obviously through you, Douglas, if people want to reach out, um, I'm on LinkedIn, um, Charlotte John, uh, Healthcare Innovation Consortium, a Chief Operating Officer. Um, so please reach out on on there by email and through our website or through you. Um, as I say, you're not alone. And just, you know, I'll hold a space for you. So I'm here if if anyone needs me, you know, over the Christmas period when, when there's that time of stress or, you know, coming into the new year and you've got all these new goals and you want to understand, you know, where, how do I get into the tech business? How do I transform my own journey? Then, you know, that's what we're here to do. We, we can share our experiences. Super, super. Thanks a lot, Charlotte. Have a great day. Thanks, Douglas. You too. Take care. Wow, we've done it. You are Yay. so much more. MikeDropClub.com. Oh, oh my God, star performer. Make life yeah. boom. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out MikeDropClub.com and get the show notes and useful links. Subscribe to the podcast. Don't just live life, make life boom.